All right, good morning, everybody. Nice to see you guys. Hope you're doing well this holiday season. We're talking about how to ungrinch your Christmas. Anybody get a little grinchy this time of year? Traffic can make you grinchy. Lines can make you grinchy. Work can make you grinchy. The weather can make you grinchy. Cowboys losing to the Bears makes me grinchy. Man. So we're talking about how we can get the most out of the next couple weeks personally and spiritually. And this week I want to talk about expectations a little bit. I think we all have expectations and then we have reality, right? <laughs> I, I, I had an annual physical a couple weeks ago and I went in and I had expectations, right? I thought I was going to rock this physical. I'm like, I've been doing good. I've been not really eating necessarily good, but hey, I've been working out. I've been lifting weights. You know, I've been doing the thing. And I, I honestly kind of expected I was going to go in and the doctor was going to look at me and he was going to go, man, your blood work looks great. Your blood work looks like you're 10 years younger than your age. Like, just keep doing what you're doing. And I was going to fist bump him and be out. And I go in to sit down with the doctor and uh, he goes, Judd, let me show you your cholesterol numbers for the last 10 years, because I've been doing this for 10 years, and he had them on a little chart, right? <laughs> and that chart went, mm, it just kept going up. He goes, if you keep going like this, you're going to be pre-diabetic, you're going to have all these issues, you know, like we did, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there kind of in shock, like, oh man, I thought one thing was going to happen, something else is happening entirely. And then he looks at me, he goes, and you've, you've gained quite a bit of weight this year. <laughs> no lie, I'm, I'm, that's what he said. And I, I said, bro, I've been lifting weights, man. I'm drinking protein shakes. I'm, I'm trying to gain weight, you know? Like, I've been, I've been trying to put some muscle on. He goes, well, you may have put some muscle on, but you've also developed, this is exactly what he did, you've also developed a, a gut. And I'd be like, I, I cannot believe, did you just say that to me right now? Are you body shaming me right now? Right here in the doctor's office, he goes, you, you, you've kind of, you got a little gut going on. Your numbers don't look good. You got to get some cardio back in your diet. You got to change your, because I got all the genetic predispositions for this stuff anyways. Like if you don't, you don't make some changes, you're going to be on cholesterol medication and all that. And I walked out and reality hit me in the face. Then I decided, okay, you know, I started, don't worry about me because I'm reading, I'm crazy. I'm reading all the books and learning about health and nutrition and heart disease and how to prevent it and diet and what you need to eat and all these things. I'm going to the grocery store and I'm discovering this whole new area of the grocery store called the produce section. Come on, somebody. I didn't even know that was over there, man. I'm like, oh, I've spent my whole life over in the freezer food. I can tell you everywhere you need to go in the freezer food. But I'm like, what is this thing? Well, you know, like, uh, is this, uh, what is this? I'm asking everybody. One thing I learned at the, at the grocery store though, if you're trying to learn how to cook, eat more healthy, um, if, you, if you have like recipes, you're trying to figure out what to get, just find the grandmas at the grocery store that have fruits and vegetables in their cart because they know where everything is because they cook. Guy asked a 20-year-old dude stocking shelves. I'm like, hey, man, you know where the silken tofu is? He goes, yeah, we don't have that. I'm like, oh, okay, uh, all right, you know. And then later, I met this, this really kind grandma, you know, she got everything in her cart and all that, and I said, do you think maybe that they have silk and tofu? And she goes, yeah. She goes, we, they got that. She goes, come here, follow me. It's in the Asian food. You'd never find it. We go over, we go to the Asian food. She pulls it out. She's like, there you go. And then she, I said, yeah, this is all you have to say. I'm, I'm just kind of a rookie trying to figure this out, you know. Die, I don't want to die, so I'm trying to eat better. And <laughs> lady says, like, what else you got? 
And I start going down the list, man. She walked me all over the grocery store, showed me everything. So I know it's profiling, but I'm just saying, find a sweet grandma with veggies in her tree, in her cart, and she'll take care of you. She'll, she'll make sure you get what you need. Where was I going with all that? Anyway, you have expectations, and then you have reality. And we all have them. We expect certain things. This time of year, some of you expect certain things about how things are going to go at Christmas. You expect certain family moments are going to be shared. You expect certain uh, laughter will happen. You may expect certain things under the tree. Some of you may expect a bonus at work. Uh, some of you expect that, uh, you know, shopping is going to be easy. <laughs> some, of you, some of you have kind of all these things sort of lined out in your mind. And I just want to encourage you today to do a couple things to help maximize your joy and minimize your frustration. And that is to loosen your expectations, keep a loose grip on your expectations, and keep a tight grip on God's promises. Keep a loose grip on your expectations, but keep a tight grip on God's promises. And that's one of the ways we can maximize joy this holiday season. And to get us kind of pointed in that direction, I want to look at the story of a guy named Simeon. It's a kind of a peripheral figure in the birth of of Jesus. Last week we looked at Anna. This week we look at Simeon. So Jesus is eight days old. His parents take him to the temple in Jerusalem and uh, Mary and Joseph, according to their right, he was going to be circumcised and everything like they did um, at the time. And so Luke chapter 2, beginning of verse 25, says this. When we get to the red word, let's all read it out loud together. It says, at that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly what? waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. So he's waiting for the Messiah. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. So here's Simeon. He's devout. He's righteous. We don't know a lot about him. He's waiting on what God's going to do. Now, one of the things that's interesting is God's spirit led him to the temple. He was in tune with God, and he recognized Jesus, as we'll see, for who he was. And for him to do that, he had to loosen some of the expectations that existed at the time. They thought the Messiah was going to be born into a politically powerful family or, a, a, you know, into a militarily powerful family, a mover and shaker. He would have money. He would have wealth. He would have influence. And here's this couple from this backwater town, right? They, they, they're not rich. They're not connected. And yet they're the parents of the Messiah. There would have been expectations. And then there was reality. And Simeon has a loose handle on his expectations and a tight grip on the promises of God. And he takes this child and he rejoices. When you have a loose grip on your expectations and a tight grip on God's promises, I think the end result is joy. So my first thought is simply this, loosen your expectations. Loosen your expectations. Uh, I found some Christmas uh, list to Santa that kids made. I always love these and found a few new ones this year. Uh, check this out. One person says, Dear Santa, I would like some Taylor Swift tickets. I would also like clothes from Nordstrom and a boyfriend. <laughs> I love that. And you know, like if you've ever listened to Taylor Swift's music, I'm like, you would know that a boyfriend isn't worth the time. Hello. You know, like every song's like, we're never, ever, ever getting back together, right? And other songs like this. Anyway, all right, I loved this one. This, this, this guy says this, Dear Santa, I flushed my brother's head in the toilet, but can I have a puppy? 
It's sort of like just confess it, man. Just put it out there, and maybe that's the, that's the loophole that you're looking for. I don't know what you hope for Christmas, what you want for Christmas, but I know our personality can play a lot in the next few weeks and how it goes for us. Some of us are planners. How many of you are planners in general? You love to kind of have a plan, have it all worked out. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of a planner, a little bit of a planner. There's varying degrees of planners. The more extreme planners, I mean, when you pack for a trip, you notice how planners pack. Some of them have like little little compartments for every single day, little zip zip baggies or whatever. You know, they put all their stuff in. Everything's laid out. Everything's organized. Some of you weigh your suitcase before you leave your house to make sure it's under the 50-pound limit. How many of you weigh? Come on, put your hand up. You weigh that suitcase. That's right. That's You got, so you got a plan. You're on top of it. And uh, I'm a little bit of a planner, but you know, you know what often happens um, to a planner is they fall in love with what we might call a winger, <laughs> right? Opposites attract, and uh, so I fell in love with this beautiful girl named Lori who just kind of rolls with it, wings it. You know, when she packs a suitcase, it's not like everyday, organized, all. it's sort of like, like the laundry basket is what it looks like. It just kind of goes in there. And then, you know, I've literally walked in and seen her sitting on top of the suitcase, like pressing it down, zipping it. How many of you, confess it, how many of you sit on the suitcase to get it zipped? That's right. The last two trips we took together as a family, um, we've gotten to the airport and we've had a bag over the weight limit. The last one, no lie, we put the bag up on the thing and it was 70 pounds. And of course, I'm thinking at 70 pounds, I'm just gonna have to pay the, it's a lie, it's like 80 bucks or something, you know, the bag overage fee. I'm just gonna have to pay this because there's nothing we can do. But Lori's like, nope, we're gonna make it happen. So we're that family, man, no lie. At the airport, we got all of our suitcases open. We're trying to get everything. My underwear showing right there in the suitcase. I remember like, this is so embarrassing, you know? Like we're moving stuff over here and moving things over there and you know, all this stuff, right? So that we can get under the weight limit. And we did get it under the weight limit without paying the fee. Mission accomplished. That's how a winger gets it done in the moment. You got planners, you got weird. Well, planners right now, well, you got plans. You got things you're working up for the next few weeks. You got it all kind of laid out and mapped out. And the best encouragement I can give you if you're a planner is just hold it all loosely. Just hold it all loosely. Because here's what we know. No matter what happens in the holidays, no matter what happens at Christmas, we have a heavenly father that loves us. We have a God who has got our back. We don't have to have the perfect Christmas. We don't even need to have the perfect plan. And we're certainly not in control of everything. But we have a Father that loves us, and he's got it, and he's already planned it all out. And sometimes we can get so caught up in planning the perfect Christmas that we miss the joy we can have every day on the way to Christmas and beyond, right? Sometimes we get so caught up in having the perfect holiday that we miss what the perfect Savior is doing in our lives right now. Check this out. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, for my planners, for my planners, Give your entire attention to what God is doing right what? Now, somebody needs to hear this today. I know you got Christmas shopping to do. I know you got 500 things on your list. I know you feel that pressure. I know you look at the checking account statement and you're not even sure how you're gonna get all this to happen and get all this done, right? And maybe you just need to, bring that back up, yeah. <laughs> Give your entire attention. <laughs> 
By the way, our, our video volunteers are amazing, aren't they? They really are amazing. If you saw the notes I gave them versus what comes out of my mouth, then you would know how truly amazing they are. Um, attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Come on, somebody. Just don't get too worked up about it. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. And so we can rest in his love. We can rest in his care. We can allow God to show up and move and work in our life. And we can just loosen some of those expectations. Here's another thought is to then um, get, keep a tight grip on God. Keep a tight grip on God. Loosen your expectations, but keep a tight grip on God and his promises. Uh, have you ever had a, like a part of your body fall asleep? Like you ever had a leg, cross, you cross your leg or whatever, you sit on your leg and then you get up and it's like asleep. You know what I'm talking about? And then you try to walk and you're like, oh my gosh. You know, like, like it just doesn't work, it doesn't move. Like I sleep on my stomach and it's sometimes I put my hands up underneath my pillow and it cuts off the, the circulation to my, both my arms. And it's the weirdest thing, man. The alarm starts going off and I'll wake up and I can't move. And I'm like trying to get my arms out from under my head on the pillow long enough to get the blood flowing to them. And I'm trying to flop around, you know, hit the phone, turn it off. My wife sleeps like a feather, you know, and I'm like, I gotta turn the alarm. She's trained me. I've turned it off with my chin before. It's impressive. But when something goes to sleep, it's like the circulation has been cut off, right? And you, you no longer have control of that part of your body. And I think spiritually, if we don't stay connected to God and hang on tight to his promises, we can sort of cut off the spiritual circulation to our heart and to our soul. We can cut off the vitality of what God is doing in our life. I mean, Simeon, one of the things you notice about him, he's led by the Spirit of God. He follows the leading of the Spirit of God. God's Spirit takes him to the temple, and there he's going to to meet the baby Jesus, but he had to be willing to hold on tight to who God was and allow God to lead him in his life. Look at this, Luke chapter two, beginning in verse 29. It says, he took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have what? promised, as you've promised. In other words, God had promised him that he would see the Messiah, the one who would come to save Israel, and in this moment, he realizes God has fulfilled his promise to me. God has done to me what he said he will do, which, by the way, God always does what he says he will do. I can hang on to his promises in my life. I receive it, and he's like, and now I can die. Now, some of you are gonna feel that way if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Now I can die. You know, like, I don't know. He's like, it's happened, I'm done. He says, I've seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He's a light to reveal God to the nations. He's the glory of your people, Israel. And Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. So Simeon hung tightly to the promise of God and found that God fulfills his promises. And that's a great word for us this holiday season. You know, sometimes life gives you lemons. I got some lemon, lemons up here. And uh, sometimes life gives you lemons, you know? I mean, uh, you ever taste a lemon? When I taste lemons, I, I get the sour face. You know, it's like, oh. And that's what life's like sometimes. We all face it. Cowboys lose to the bears. Oh, really? You know, 
Your ex comes walking around the corner while you're at work. Oh, really? You know, maybe your kids are coming home from, from, from school or from wherever they're at right now in their life for the holidays. You're like, oh, maybe your kids are coming home. Oh. <laughs> life gives you lemons. And we always say, hey, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. So you take those lemons and you start squeezing them into something else. You take the difficult situation. Some of you right now, this holiday season, you don't even feel it as it comes to Christmas. You're just not in the vibe right now. I mean, you just wanna get through the next couple weeks and get to December 26th. You're saying like, when is it over, you know? And the Christmas music comes on at the grocery store and you're like, somebody turn it off. Just end it. You just wanna get there, you're not feeling it. Some of you right now, you just feel really disconnected and lonely. You, maybe you're in a different family dynamic, maybe you've lost certain loved ones and uh, you're facing Christmas without people that you've had at different times in your life. And so you, you take that nasty, tough situation and you make it into lemonade. And what makes the lemonade is not just the lemons, because this is still pretty sour right here, and so you gotta transfer it over here, and then you gotta take a little thing called the sugar. I'm gonna call this the promises of God. And you take what God has given you in your life. It's not just a positive attitude. It's not just sort of coming at things thinking, I'm gonna think better about things. You know, I'm gonna make this into lemonade. It's taking the promises of God and realizing I may be lonely right now, I may be hard right now, but God has promised me that he will never leave me and never forsake me. And that's just some sugar in the midst of the bitter, right? It may be difficult right now, but I'm gonna hang on to the fact that God has said he will bless me, that God loves to bless his people, that he loves to work and move in our lives. And even though it's difficult, I'm believing that God is gonna bless me through this difficulty. It may be difficult in my family right now, but I believe if we keep following God and keep trusting him in faith, God is gonna move and work and bring good out of this tough situation. And it's just pouring the promises of God in and pouring them in. Some of we're, we're getting close to being able to drink this now. And we just keep going. And it doesn't mean that lemons don't keep rolling into our life, but it means they get offset by the goodness of God and who he is, the promises of God in our lives. And then we take what God has given us, those promises, and we internalize them. And for some of you at the end of our experience, I'm gonna give you just an opportunity to maybe surrender your life to Christ for the first time to internalize that in your life. Uh, our team's gonna get in the baptistry now because for some of you, you've never taken that step of baptism in your life. And I just want to show you what it looks like when somebody gets baptized. Because I wanna encourage you, if you've never been baptized, you can get baptized after our service right now. We've got everything you need. And when service is over, just go down to our area under either of the screens, just let them know, hey, I'd like to get baptized. We be honored to do that with you in your life. So when you get baptized, it just simply looks like this. You go down under the water, you come up out of the water. We don't even hold you down. We don't even hold you down, the water's warm. 
But it's a picture of what God has done in our heart that we believe Christ was crucified and placed in a tomb for three days and we believe he rose again. And so you go under the water, you're buried with Christ, you're united with Jesus and what he did for you and in his death, you come up out of the water. It's a picture of the fact that you believe Christ rose again from the dead and you're walking with him in faith and that you too will one day rise again. Maybe that's a step for you in your life. I don't know kind of where you're at, but what I know is Whatever you're facing, if you will internalize and take in the promises of God, it will give you strength in the situation. Hebrews chapter six, verse 18 says this so powerfully. It says, God has given both his promise and his oath. And these two things are unchangeable because it is what? Impossible for God to lie. Now that's good right there. That verse right there, that's worth coming to church for, just to hear that. It is impossible for God to lie. So let's just lay that over the Bible a little bit. Let's just think about what that means. Here's what the Bible says. It says that when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, and God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And it is impossible for God to lie. The Bible says that God knows the plans he has for you, plans to give you a hope and a future, and it is impossible for God to lie. The Bible says that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose, and it is impossible for God to lie. Come on, people, start putting your hands together. This is good news today. Listen, the Bible says... Nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And it is impossible for God to, it's just not even possible. The Bible says if I confess my sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And it is impossible for God to lie. The Bible says seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and he will give you everything you need. And it is impossible for God to lie. The Bible says, keep on asking and you will receive. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. And it is impossible for God to lie. The Bible says God is faithful. He will not allow your temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And it is impossible for God to lie. The Bible says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured out into your lap. And it's impossible for God to lie. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Everyone who believes in me will live even though he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And it is impossible for God to lie. The Bible says, he who began a good work in me will see it to the end. He will fulfill it in Christ Jesus and it is impossible for God to lie. And on and on and on we could go. And so when somebody cuts you off in the church parking lot before you even get off property, you remind yourself that God is for you and with you and Christmas is the declaration, it's the promise fulfilled. Simeon took that child and said, God keeps his word. God keeps his word. It's impossible for him to lie. When you get out at the mall 
And some lady gets in front of you, even though that was your spot in the line, you just sort of stand there and say, God works all things for good for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. When that crazy family member shows up, parks the RV out front, tells you they're gonna stay through January, God, he who began a good work in me We'll see it on to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. Let his promises fill you with hope. Keep a loose grip on your expectations. Keep a tight grip on the promises of God. And that's how we can maximize our joy, minimize our frustration over the next couple weeks. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've never really crossed the line of faith. And I'd just love to give you an opportunity to reach out to God and ask him to move and work in your life. Listen, if he's tapping you on the shoulder, if he's calling you to come home to him, this is the time to lean in and allow God to do what he wants to do in your life. You'll never regret it. So I wanna ask everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you'd like to become a follower of Jesus today, you can begin that journey by repeating a simple prayer after me. Just say these words, either in your heart or out loud. Just say, dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me face the challenges that I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you. In Christ's name. Friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed today, if that's your prayer, if it's your commitment, I wanna ask you to just slip your hand in the air and just make eye contact with me, just to say before God, to say to me, you're gonna follow him in your life today. God bless you guys. God bless you, thank you. Bless you guys reaching out to him today, thank you. Thank you. Bless you, thank you. God, we're grateful for your love. I just thank you for each person reaching out to you, and I pray you'll fill them with your love, your peace, your joy. Let them know you're working and moving in their life, and they're not alone. God, we give you praise, and we give you thanks. In Christ's name, amen.